All right. Well, welcome to the Robo Show, and I'm your host, Chad Roby Show, here today with a a friend, a brother, and uh, I think a, a lot of people know uh, know Victor Marks. Um, does amazing work um, at ATP, All Things Possible Ministries, and Victor Marks Ministries. Uh, just does incredible work. We have a, Victor and I have so many things in common. Uh, <laughs> we we not only are both Cajuns from down the bayou in Louisiana. We grew up like miles from each other on the same road, by Blue Bypass Road. Uh, and, and we didn't know, but we were down the street from each other, both facing some childhood abuse from our, our uh, you know, fathers and stepfathers. And, and then joined the Marine Corps, both joined the Marine Corps, then left the Marine Corps and, uh, and doing ministry work. So, so many things in common. Small, everybody's like, meets me and they're like, you know, Victor Marks and people be Victor. And they're like, hey, do you know Chad Roby show? And yep. uh, but yeah, we're already, we're already connected. We're already met. We, we're, uh, you know, spoken together, done things together, and and uh, and it's so always, always so awesome to work with you. Uh, you know, you're you're not just somebody to work with, but a brother that I call when I need things, and and I, I, I thank you for our personal friendship and relationship, and thankful to have you on the show today, man. Yeah, man. Well, I'm thrilled to be here, and you're right. There's, I was just telling somebody yesterday about, um, you know, you and I know lots of people. We have lots of colleagues. But we have a very narrow field of friends. Uh, a person you can call at 2 a.m. in the morning and say, I am wrapped around an axle and my mind ain't working right. Can you just pray for me? Uh, and know that there's no judgment uh, at all. And I'm, I'm grateful for you for yeah, that. We've, done it, we've but, done it for each other. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have. Uh, I tell folks, you've got to have at least one friend you can call 24-7 and uh and and know that they're there for you regardless so you you are you're one of those few and i appreciate you man one other thing that we have in common that i didn't mention we both like basically ninjas pretty much pretty <laughs> much and and we love the house of each other i'm, I, a, uh, I'm a ground ninja yep you're, I'm you're, a, <laughs> the stand-up ninja <laughs> uh, it's uh I, I i and i will say this you know, you are one bad beast on the ground, man. You, I mean, I'm a blender standing up because of my speed. You are a blender on high speed on that ground. People do not want to get wrapped up with you. That I can guarantee. <laughs> guarantee. That brings me back to home. I just got back. I went back to Louisiana. I was in, I was in our neck of the woods by Blue Bypass Road this weekend. Yeah. They, they guarantee and, and, uh, and Couillon. And all the all the fun Cajun words and uh, and ate some crawfish. Yeah, it's it's crawfish season, ain't it? Crawfish season, yeah, it is. Hey, so hey, you remember the first time that uh, we actually met? It was at a big event, and I'll just let people know you better you better hassle your friends. When you ain't hassle them, they they know you don't love you no more. <laughs> but I walked up to you. You had a big reception line. You had really this was a a big tall cotton event, tons of people, and. Uh, uh, and I, I remember waiting in line and walked up to you and you, you had that look of just next person, next person, and you're giving it all. So I slipped in there and I said, Hey, you, you're Marine. And you're, you're looking at me like, yeah, <laughs> did you what not you listen? Must yeah. And I said, uh, I'll never forget folks. This was, was my first question to chat. I said, Hey, is there a height requirement for the Marines to shoot? <laughs> and he got, you, you, 
it was it was a perfect move you kind of i saw you kind of like process like what the hell did this guy just say and then you instantly fired back you go i used to be taller <laughs> and i knew oh i'm at, I, I am at wits with a master uh and I, from then on man I did those kind of questions when you got people come in line uh talking and people ask some crazy stuff i love they, people so I, I i used to hate people now now uh God's redeemed my heart to where I love people now. I love talking to people. And uh, I actually enjoy being in those lines, talking to all kinds of people. But people ask some crazy things. They do. And when, you're, when, you're, when it's one after another, after another, after another, you have to do a quick reset and go, okay, I, I need to give this person everything. But you're waiting. What, you know, what's going to happen? So uh, that, that was fun. Now, they ask some crazy things and they try to, they try to peddle some crazy, uh, 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 all you ladies out there that sell essential oils, the veteran, <laughs> the veterans got enough. We don't need any. I'm gonna put a sign on my table that, uh, veteran, <laughs> no essential oils, please. Yeah. I, see, I see the lady waiting in the back coming with a big, her big bag of essential oils to bring to the veterans. Here it comes. Or, <laughs> or you, you get those, you get those folks at religious, you know, events that go, I just feel like God wants me to pray for you. And I'm like, yeah, you'd be the 14th person uh, today, so I must really be struggling. And uh, you know, are they are they want to lay hands on you? It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you need to like put your hands on me uh, to pray. But yeah, fun times. So hey, let me ask you, with all the responsibility and weight that you have, how do you decompress? Well, a couple of ways. You know, we, we, you and I both do this. We go talk about, we have, I think we, because of our past and because of not our past hardships, but because of the weight that we carry and the jobs that we do, the things that we teach, we should be applying in our lives. Yep. We shouldn't be hypocrites. Most yep. people, most people that teach things are hypocrites yeah. uh, and we could be at times too, but I really recently uh, in the last two years had to do a reset again, because I just found some of those things creeping back up into my life and I had to. I remember calling you uh, during that time. And uh, I think about going out and speaking, you and I talk about this, the four pillars of resiliency, mind, body, spirit, social. It seems to build people in the military, it seems cheesy because it's like a bullet points on a PowerPoint presentation somewhere. But there's a lot to that. Always evaluating yourself and challenging yourself and checking yourself. Am I mentally where I need to be? Am I physically where I need to be? Am I socially where I need to be? Am I do I have a strong spiritual foundation, right? So is my mindset right? Am I properly motivated? Am I thinking in the right terms? Uh, physically, am I healthy enough? Can I, can I do a diet or diet? Can I take care of my, my injuries? Can I work out more? Socially, I, I can't pick who I work with, but I can allow who I speak into my life. I can, allow, I can pick who speaks in my life. And the spiritual foundation, where I'm at in my relationship with God. Like, and so for me, like, all those things are very important. So as a person of, of faith, you know, you think that the proper answer would be like, you know, prayer, worship, listening to good worship music, like all those things. But I have to have all those. I have to have all those. And my prayer life's really strong and my relationship with God's really strong, but I'm like 20 pounds overweight. I feel like trash and, yeah. and I'm very depressed and demotivated. Uh, yep. if, if my mind, if I'm allowing my mind to be like consumed with this negativity and, and my mindset's not right and I'm not motivated, then I, I'm, I'm, I'm down. And, and I'm, if I'm, if I'm not socially uh, policing who speaks in my life and I'm allowing people to speak negative in my life, those things that impact me. So I have to have a balance of all those things. I was just recently talking to Brandon, our national programs manager about this, like, 
uh, kind of image, we always inventory Mighty Oaks Foundation, making sure we do a good job. And, and I think we do a really good job of the mind, the, the mind, the, the, the social and the spirit, but where we seem to have been lacking is, is the uh, physical. And I'm like, man, some of our guys on our staff, they're enjoying our food at our, our, our ranches way too much. <laughs> and I'm like, we're teaching discipline. We need to have disciplined people on our staff and they need to have to build to sit in front of people and look disciplined. And, uh, and, and it made me really think like, think about that, that, that physical pillar. And I'm like, man, if I couldn't go out and do jujitsu, if I, cause Brazilian jujitsu is something I love. It's a big part of my life. If I couldn't go out and do that, if that was taken away from me right now, I'd, I'd, I'd really be depressed. I'd be struggling. Um, even though I'm strong, I have a strong spiritual foundation, even though I'm, my mindset's good and I'm around right people. So I think all, each of those are very important. And, uh, so for me, I just like, I teach that I preach it. I go to speak, I, you know, spoken 150,000 active duty troops on that topic. And, uh, and I have to be to, to live out what I preach and I have to inventory my life every day and say, where am I at, uh, in these areas and, and be intentional about um, rectifying the weaknesses that I have in those areas. And, and, yeah. I, and I've been doing that a lot lately and it's really helped me be in a really good place right now with all the weight and burdens. Mighty Oaks is going a thousand miles an hour and there's tons of pressure on me. I, I believe that's helped me carry, carry that. Well, I love, I love <laughs> hearing the balance because we really are mind, body, and spirit. If you leave out one of those sides, you're going to pay a price. I think about the lady that was leaving a church service of a pastor and he was shaking hands. And she was in that line, shaking hands, you know, walking up the church. She shook his hand and said, Pastor, you're a liar and a thief. <laughs> and he was like, what? She goes, you're a liar because you tell us that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he's, he was grotesquely overweight, you know, really overweight, big boy. And she said, you're a thief because you're going to steal from us years that we could use you as a pastor here by you not taking care of your life better. And she walked out. It changed his life. He lost like 80 pounds. And he said he was so convicted by her direct words uh, that it mattered. And you and I, I mean, we're, I don't, God has tempered us because we can get all Marine Corps on people. But I, I remember speaking at a men's event, same thing. And I just, I just said, some of you are making every excuse not to get in better shape, uh, but you need to. And a guy ended up calling me, you know, it was a year later. He goes, man, I've lost 60 pounds. I'm a pastor. I was so convicted, both angry and convicted at you. Because you just, you know, it, it, people hide behind. And I, I'm a, I think I might have used the word, you know, being a fatso or something, you know, childish. But it was, uh, it, it convicted him. So uh, it's, we want to encourage people listening or watching right now. You will feel better. Yeah. If you exercise, better diet, uh, bring it to a spiritual component. Now, are you some big devotional reader? Do you spend hours a day with the Lord in prayer of the Bible? Or are you kind of take a little niblet or listen? Or what does that look like for you? So for me, um, I'm currently, I go to Woods Edge, Woods Edge Community Church in, in uh, the Woodlands, Texas. And my pastor's Pastor Jeff Wells. Every year he, he disciples about uh, eight community leaders or, or people that are leaders in some kind of capacity. And I'm very privileged this year. I'm in a discipleship group. Nice. And, uh, and, um, and so we meet, we meet in 35 Saturdays out of the year. Uh, wow. Not all, some we resume as well, but a lot of reading, uh, scripture, scripture memorization. It's pretty, it's pretty intensive. He's a, 
he's like a, doc, like a doctorate in theology from Rice University. So he's like, he's like a super brain and trying to keep up with him. Uh, a lot of the reading's been tough. Uh, but, but one of the first books we read was his book called Unhurried Time with God. And it's basically about daily personal prayer, prayer and time with God. And it really challenged me and convicted me because uh, sometimes, and you, you might be able to relate to this, sometimes my work in ministry uh, kind of bleeds over to my personal time with God and then like it becomes work. And, uh, yeah. uh, and, and I don't do what I need to do in my personal time with God. Do you think some, I think people on the outside might think if you're in ministry, you get closer to God. I like to differ. I think sometimes you get ministry, you get further from God because you lose that personal intimate time. It becomes a job at work. Yeah, so it really challenged me to, in that area. And so what, what I do right now is uh, I do about an hour a day, um, which is hard for me because I'm like, I wake up and I want to go. I want right. to like, what's right. the agenda? I got a mission. Mighty Oaks is very important to me. And so I have to, I have to discipline myself to not work uh, on ministry and to work on my relationship with God. It's two, two very different things. And so I do two chapters in the Old Testament, two chapters in the New Testament. Like today was uh, 1 Samuel uh, 11 and 12. And in uh, Romans, uh, Romans seven and eight, which are two of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Mm. Uh, so I, I studied those those four chapters. Uh, I listened to about three worship songs to still my mind before okay. I pray. And the reason I do it that way, I do it in that order, is because if, if I try to pray uh, first, my mind's I, I'm like creating Rob. things writing business plans. Like, yep. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like all stuff. my mind's doing all kinds of stuff while I'm praying. So by the time I study the word, uh, by the time I listen to two or three worship songs, now uh, God really has my attention and, and my prayers a little more, uh, uh, a little more special and sacred. And so that's, that's kind of what I, I do right now. Uh, but I'll be honest, that's, that's a, that's a red, that's right now. It's a discipline. It's not, it's not something I just wake up and like, Oh, can't wait to get my hour of my hour of personal time with God. Like it's a discipline right now. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Greg Laurie, a pastor out in California, a preacher, he once told me, uh, cause he discipled me as I was just out of the Marine Corps. He's, and I thank God for him. He spent a couple of years investing in me cause I was bouncing off the walls and I trained him in martial arts and then he discipled me. But he said, Victor, Ministry has ruined more good godly men than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I thought, back then I was thinking, what do you mean? You get ministry, you're going to get closer to the Lord. And he was right. I've seen where the busyness and the business of ministry and the pressure that comes on pushes a man who used to simply love the Lord and had a simple walk. It tends to push us away. I know I've said a number of times, Lord, I've been so busy doing ministry for you. I miss you and, and forgive me. I just miss spending time with you. Yep. Well, if you listening to that book, by the way, uh, Unhurried Time with God by Pastor Jeff Wells, you get it on Amazon, really solid. It's an easy read. It's, it's pretty short. And uh, it's really changed my perspective a lot. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really, really. Uh, I think I'll get that. That sounds motivating. Yeah, it, it's good. It's good. It was the first one we did in our in our, in our discipleship process. And uh, like I said, it's just challenged me. But hey, like even though it's anything, anything you start doing requires a regimen and discipline to do it. And then it becomes, then it transitions at some point in the habit. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to run, if you're going to be, you know, run a marathon, you got to run it, you got to run every day to train, right? And at some point you're like making yourself get out there and run one miles, two miles, three miles and five miles. You're making yourself do it. And at some point it just becomes habit. Yep. you just get out there and do it. 
And uh, so, you know, for me, like this is right now I'm regimented, I'm being disciplined about it. But I know from my experiences as an athlete, as a Marine, those things turn into habit and I want it to yeah. become a habit. It goes from duty to devotion. This episode of the Robo Show is brought to you by Iron-Neck.com. Iron Neck is uh, the world's number one neck strengthening device. You guys don't know, in uh, 2006, I was in Afghanistan and uh, broke my neck. And uh, if you want to read about that story, a crazy story of how I broke my neck, uh, it's in my book, An Unfair Advantage. You can go check it out. But... Coming back from Afghanistan, uh, after that's when I had all my big MMA fights and my neck. And the VA wanted to do fusion, and I refused to do fusion, and I just opted to just strengthen my neck, keep my neck strong. Uh, so since, man, all these years fighting through all my fights and MMA and jiu-jitsu, I've always been very important that I keep the muscles of my neck strong because the, bro- the bones in my neck are broken off, and so I don't have that stability. And so neck strengthening has always been a b- very important thing to me. I've always just improvised ways to do it, using body weight, using different kind of improvised things that I make up. But now uh, I don't have to do that anymore because I have an, an iron neck uh, device, which helps me to uh, not only strengthen my neck, but, uh, but do it in a safe way. The, the way the device works is that, you know, it's, it, it's on a rotator. So it, as you move your neck, the, ro- the point of uh, where the tension is actually moves uh, around your head. And so super uh, effective and safe way to strengthen your neck and whether you have a neck injury or not, I think in uh, in sports or just in, in, in life, it's really important to have a good, strong uh, neck. If your neck's strong, your hips are strong, your body's going to be strong. And so check it out. Iron-neck.com. If you enter promo code Roby show, uh, R O B I C H A U X, my last name, you'll get 10% off. And, uh, I'm really doing this cause I, I love it myself and I want everybody out there, especially those with bad necks to be able to take care of themselves. And so I really thought it was a great product to push out and partner with. And uh, these guys are pretty awesome. They're a Texas-based company, iron-neck.com. And speaking yeah. of running, man, we just got back from the border. Uh, me and uh, yeah, Jeff T. Oh, gosh, it was pretty eye-opening, man. I um, And my bride, small team, we went out there. We, uh, we were had a good invite by the National Guard, the Texas National Guard, Got to spend time with the uh, some folks from Border Patrol, and then also the area commander for Texas Department of Public Safety. And a shout out to all these groups. They're they're the tip of the spear. They're working twenty four seven, and under what I would say is pretty challenging policy uh, from D.C. What I can say without reservation is, I'm convinced on a federal level. Uh, at D.C., they're not really interested in stopping the flow, um, or we could be doing things a lot better. The other thing is, I want people to understand the cartel is very responsible for creating this crisis. They're using bodies. They're flooding the border with bodies uh, that really force the limited resources that are there already to try to stop process you know uh, but there's thousands coming in every day that that don't even get touched they're doing this in order to get their drugs in it is a in human, in human, tra- human trafficking right yes so they're, if, they, if they keep the border patrol busy uh you know doing immigration work then they're not doing human trafficking they're not doing drug seizures they're 
Yeah. That's exactly that's, that's, it. Simplest of simplest of strategies, right? You occupy yeah. your enemy. Yeah, yeah. And it's I mean, <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, enemy, I have the resources and, and then do what you want. I mean, this is combat combat operations one on one. One on one. And I'll tell you, uh, they're very strategic and organized. You don't cross the river without a, a a wristband from one of the cartels. They put you into a computer system. You're paying a tax to cross that river. And the area that we were in, the valley, the Rio Grande Valley, there's three cartels that are constantly fighting for territory or, you know, it's almost like waterfront property. And people have to go through there, whether it's human traffic, whether it's, you know, sex trafficking, uh, because they are getting kids in. We witness it and we're able to engage and stop men just carrying kids in. Uh, because that's a passport. That's what I'm saying. The policy is if you're an adult with a child, you get in. And these are these are pedophiles uh, trafficking kids in. I've got video footage that would stun people uh, that we posted on social media. And the other thing is we watched, we watched a couple of gunfights while we were down there uh, with the cartels right across from us. And it wasn't cap guns. They were engaging with some serious art, you know, armament. Uh, so there's a danger uh, aspect, but Americans have got to stop consuming so many dangerous drugs. I mean, fentanyl, it, it, there was, I think it was over 80,000 ODs last year in the U.S. And at some point, Americans have to be, you know, take responsibility for the supply and demand issue. Yeah. Uh, one of the things Americans are consuming more. I mean, anything when it comes to dangerous drugs right now is uh, fake news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the and, truth? And, and, I mean, I say that, like, not trying to jump on the fake news, like, topic. I, I say that because the reason the border is the way it is right now because people don't understand the border. They listen, they listen right. to mainstream media. And they're not taking the time to actually understand what's going on at the border and how harmful of, and how much of a real humanitarian crisis it is and, uh, and how harmful it is to the innocent people who are the, the real innocent immigrants who are trying to come in, not to mention our own, our own citizens. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that that's probably one of the things that shocked me the most is I really like, I mean, there were two girls. We saw hundreds come in while we were there that week and it's, it's late at night. You know, we're, we're running these ops at night. And, but I remember two girls specific, a nine-year-old and 11-year-old, their sisters, they had traveled a month and a half. And when they crossed over, my wife was one of the first people that met them. And my wife gave them a little, you know, lion and lambs. There's our trauma toys that we give out to kids around the world who've suffered. And my wife simply hugged them. These girls ran to her, started hugging her, and just started bawling. And anybody that's had a kid, especially a girl, when you see these little girls crying, knowing what they had to go through. Because when you're traveling, there's no defense. There's no police to stand up for you. If someone wants to rape you or use you, they will. There's things called rape camps uh, that, you know, that are real. But the main thing, Chad, I would say that stunned me uh, is it really isn't these immigrants' faults. What I would call innocent women and children or dads trying to cross over with their family. There's an invitation you know, an unspoken slash spoken invitation from the United States. 
you yes. can come. It takes five days to get processed, and then we'll release you on your own accord. It's not their fault for coming from Guatemala, I mean, Honduras, you know, El Salvador. I, I, I'd want to come if I was uh, if I was in one of these countries and in had you know children or family and I mean man I'd do I would do anything to get here right uh, so you can't you can't you can't blame them but when you have the when you have a process the way we have right now and it's open invitation it puts people's lives in danger and it and it opens up the opportunities for horrendous crimes to be committed and uh, you know that's that's the I mean we. America, you know, people could on different sides of the political spectrum could say that, uh, you know, we disagree on immigration. But the truth is, we are under, you know, we are, even under the last administration under President Trump, the number one country of Im immigrants in the world. Yes. We allow more people in our country, any other country in the world. And the, the number two is a far, far second to us. So, yep. Uh, we are a nation that invites people in. We just have a process to do that. We have a legal process and we should have a legal process because I mean, uh, you know, how do we know who's coming in? Uh, and, and I mean, we've had, we've had, we just recently had, you know, known terrorists trying to come through the Southern no, border. Absolutely. That happens uh, all the time. And yeah, then people mean, are flooding the border with human trafficking and drugs and all these things. And it creates, it's, it's a dangerous situation that we're creating. Yeah. There are people coming in from the Middle East, constantly uh, uh europe uh there's russians chinese it, it's people would be shocked and there are a lot of nefarious characters coming in as well cartel members gang members and it, it is increasing violence in our nation in our cities and rural towns yeah. because wherever illegal activity drugs prostitution trafficking happen they're they're filling that void yeah. Three things need to happen, and I tell folks who you know been doing interviews, I go, we still need more wall. There's no doubt. The wall is a deterrent. It, can it still be breached? Yes, but it's still a deterrent. When yeah, the technology it, 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 it provides us to be able to control who comes in and be that generous nation that that allows immigrants in. It, it, we we have to control the process. Yes, and I mean I've got lots of friends in the U.S. who came here years ago or currently that that uh they've done it the right way and mm -hmm. and and they are for that as much as anybody yeah uh, for they're sure. for the process so three yeah. things we need to continue building the wall in sections that matter then we need technology more technology and we just have to have manpower um and you know this is both at a state and federal level but i just want people to understand you know really what is happening down there and the truth we're, we're going to expand our operations for our ministry because, believe me, people die. The heat is going up, and we want to be there giving them water, immediate food and snacks and care, and then, of course, comfort. Uh, and, and, again, it matters as Christians that we show mercy and grace. Now, the dudes who are cartels are trying to get in and smuggle our – you know, sex traffic kids, those get turned over to the authorities and we will be part of that process. If people want to find out more, visit us at my website, Victor Marks with an X, VictorMarks.com. And you'll see at the top of our first page, urgent care needed. Yeah. You know, if you guys don't know uh, what Victor does, definitely go check out uh, his website and find out how you could get on board with support what he does. But he's, you know, he's done this 
humanitarian work all over the world, particularly uh, in the Middle East, uh, going out to in the Middle East where you know women and children are left behind in war zones. Sometimes they're in hiding and just going in there and helping them with uh, the trauma they may have experienced, helping move them to safe places, uh, getting them up out of the battlefield and, and providing medical care and just emotional, uh, emotional and, and spiritual support about to help them, you know, transition and just get to get safe. And so Victor's done this, you know, in, in our, a lot in Iraq and the Middle East. And now, you know, where our nation, you know, has this need at our, at our border and uh, just an incredible work that you always do. Thank you, Chad. Um, and so uh, what's some other things that, I mean, kind of wrapping up here, um, actually the topic that we're gonna talk about today, we didn't touch. So we're gonna, we're doing it again. Uh, we're gonna have you back on again and talk about some of this other stuff, but I wanna make sure people know uh, what you're doing now, how they could support, how they can be praying for you. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. We're, we've got operations in different parts of the, uh, our nation, both with, we hunt pedophiles here in the U.S. It's just a lot of effort that Jeff Teagues, retired Lieutenant Colonel from uh, the unit CAG Delta overseas as a chief of operations. Uh, but we, I speak to the military like you, uh, our lines of effort are broad, but they're very focused on what we feel like we effectively do, reaching troubled youth. Uh, and then also we have safe houses in Cambodia, Iraq. We're active in reaching kids who were produced by ISIS and then wives who were sex slaves. We just helped reunite nine moms with 12 children and we got them to one of our safe houses for a time in Iraq. Uh, we're prepping to actually head back to the Middle East. Uh, and then the border is such a real need and affects all Americans. So we're, we try to present accurate analysis and assessment of news through a daily brief, a daily intelligence brief that your listeners and those watching can sign up for free. And it's just victormarks.com forward slash brief. You'll get a daily intelligence brief dropped into your inbox with sure, solid news that's factual done by our analysts and our teams, because knowing what's true, what's real, what's right uh, matters out there. But man, we appreciate you, Chad, and what you do, and I appreciate your friendship and the opportunity to be on your program today. And uh, you will have to come on my radio show Let's as do it. well. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, all right, well, thanks so much, Victor. Awesome work that you're doing. Look forward to uh, seeing you soon. And, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. God bless.